Welcome to the follow-through factor with Joe Barker. Joe is a digital marketing expert who will guide listeners on how to grow their personal brands and leverage digital marketing best practices to grow their business. Hey everybody, Joe Barker here, and I am so excited for today's topic because it is absolutely my favorite digital marketing channel. We, today is all about email marketing. So I'd like to start every episode by sharing some stats and giving you a PDF that relays back to those stats. So if you're listening to the podcast and you can't see the video, be sure to go check out yourdigitallab.com and go to the podcast section. And this is where you're going to be able to find our weekly stats that we share. So this week, again, it's all about email. We've got five stats to know of how to elevate your email. So number one is the subject line. Subject line is super important and nearly 50% of people open their emails based off of the subject line. And what's even more important is nearly 70% of people will actually report an email as spam based solely on the subject line, which tells you it's vital because if your spam rate gets too high, then you know you have a risk of the email platform potentially shutting you down just over that one stat. So subject line is vital. You're going to hear us talk more about it later, um, but that's why that one came in number one. Number two is creating valuable content. So keep in mind, as you're communicating with everyone and as you're trying to share true value, you want to make sure that it's something, one, that they want to receive, but you also want to make sure that your text compared to your images within that email is in a, is definitely within a certain way. So your text needs to be 60, at least 60%. I even say 70%, um, but minimum, you have to have at least 60% of that email as text. And then you can do 40%, I say 30%, images. All right, number three, mobile friendly. So think about the, own, the way that you interact with um, your email and where you check your email. 80% of people, just over 80%, are checking their emails on their phone. Now, what's even more important is still over 70% are utilizing their desktop or their laptops. So that tells you that you've got to have your emails and you need to check them in two formats, making sure that, yes, it looks great on the desktop, but you also want to make sure that it looks small, that it looks good on the smaller device, such as your phone. The good thing is, is only 2% are actually checking it on their, their Apple watches or device watches. So you don't have to worry too much about it, but just in case you may want to check it. Um, number four, segmenting your email list. So this goes back to also creating valuable content. The more you know your audience and the more you can segment them in the list, then the better you're going to be able to provide them valuable content. And you're also going to make sure that they're not sending you to spam or getting annoyed with your messages, the more you can segment them. Um, the other reason that you want to do that is it helps you with your open rate. So the more that you can segment them and, and really it's all about the valuable content, then you're going to get see a higher open rate. You're going to see a higher click-through rate, and it's just going to add to that customer satisfaction. All right. Last but not least, number five, call to actions. The call to action is the main purpose of your email. So you're sending every email with a purpose. The main thing is to make sure that you have one call to action with every email and making sure that that call to action actually speaks to the person. So we want to make sure we're not just putting click here. We want to actually go in depth of what it is that you're looking for them to do. So if you have a guide that you want them to download, it's going to say, download guide now. 
If I was sharing my five email stats with you via email, I'm probably going to put on that CTA, download, download the five incredible stats about email now. You can get it long with it, short with it. It's all about testing and making sure. So again, that was going over how to elevate your email, five stats you need to know about email marketing. Uh, be sure if you are listening to the podcast, go to yourdigitallab.com, go under the podcast. You can see all of our past PDFs uh, ready for you with all the stats there. All right. So to continue on, I am excited to introduce Kendall Crean. Kendall's going to be joining us today. Um, if you saw the Digital Growth Summit uh, that took place in July this past year, Kendall did an entire presentation on email marketing. This is the life she spends every single day is dealing 100% in email marketing. She's one of the experts that we rely on. Welcome, Kendall. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, thank you for having me. Absolutely. I'm excited. So to start us off, I figured what we would do is we would kind of go through the different topics of email marketing and just have discussions about it. So the first thing I figured we would start with is going to be the from line of the email. So when you're sending out the email, like when you're sending out your emails, what is it that you recommend from when you're utilizing that from line? Right. So your from line is ultimately like who is sending the email out you don't have to use your Gmail account or whatever email account that you are using. You can get a little more um, creative with it. You can use your company. We mostly see is individuals using their company to send out a mass email. So what we like to see is getting a little more creative with it, not using your individual name, but almost what you're trying to get out to people is what we like to see. So I noticed there was one email I saw where where the words like expert in email marketing. Mm -hmm. So they use different type of titles. And I, I assume that just all goes back to the testing of just seeing if you use, okay, it's coming from Kendall, like from in the from line, it says from Kendall Crean, or it says from your digital lab, or then it says from um, your local email expert. Um, so I guess a lot of it is just testing and seeing what works, what doesn't work, what resonates. I would also think that it probably goes into play of, of the segmentation of the list and maybe like how they know you as. So I guess, it, you know, if, if, if they know you, then you probably would want to use your name, but it goes more into testing, you know, depending on where they're at in their journey, basically. Right. It all goes based off of what you're trying to do, really. If you're trying to reach more of a group that really knows you personal, personally, then you can use your name and you can use things that they will recognize as you. If your brand is something that is more known, it's better to use your brand as it'll probably have more open rates than using your name as something that they don't really know. It basically goes off of like research, researching what the people that you're trying to reach knows about you and ultimately going off of what works best. A, a good test could probably even be like if it was from Kendall at your digital lab, just to see right. you know what that might do and, and kind of just play with it and have some fun with it. All right. Yeah. Next up is the subject line. So we know this one's vital. What can you tell us about the subject line and what do you recommend? As you said in the stats, the subject line is the first thing people see. They ultimately can put it to spam just based off your subject line alone. Um, when we do a subject line, we like to use words that are like 
time sensitive. So we use urgent, act now, important news, things like that. Those really get research has shown that those really get people to open your email. And ultimately what we're wanting is people to open our email and read more. Now using those um, time sensitive words, we want to make sure that we're not putting too much like free. You don't really want to use free as those are going to increase your spam score. And you want to make sure that you're staying out of the spam box, because if you're going into that spam box with your email based off your subject line alone, no one's going to read your email. So there's a couple things that really trick the spam score. It depends on what is in your email and you want to make sure that your subject line is going based off your email. You're not using anything that's false information, one would say. And you also want to make sure that they call it. So you don't want to use. Yeah. Click. It's going to be the clickbait to get them to do it, but it had nothing to do with the actual email. Right. That'll trigger your spam score really quick. You also want to be careful on your punctuation. Too much punctuation can trigger a spam score. I have found that out. Um, It's really trial and error. If you use one um, subject line and it works really well for what you're trying to do, you want to stay on that kind of basics. You don't want to like switch it over too much to you might lose a bunch of people opening your email. Yeah. So basically do the testing, see what works when you find something that works, make sure that you're following through with it. And I love that you, that you brought up those, those keywords that, that will push you over to spam and the punctuation Mm -hmm. and those type of items that will push you over to spam. Um, What about personalizing the subject line and emojis? What are your opinions on this? Emojis actually have worked very well for our emails. They have worked very well. They look good on a um, inbox. You want to make sure that you're keeping it very professional, though. You're not overloading emojis on your subject line, but adding one or two here and there really does look good. And it has increased our open scores. Personalizing it, you definitely want to personalize it. We have even put in the company's names into our subject line. So for YDL, you would put like YDL and then what you're getting out there to everyone that lets them know like this is personalized to YDL kind of thing. Got it. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So next up, and we know subject line is absolutely vital. Um, but then once you get them to open it, so now you figured out, okay, we've got everything working great. Now it comes down to the email content and the body copy. So what are your recommendations? What have you found in the, um, in what you've created and done? Yeah. So what I have found works best for us is making sure that your email is scannable. A lot of individuals don't read every single thing that is put into an email as it can be very time consuming and everything. So it's important for like headings to be bolded, to be very eye catching. Also using bullet points into a short list that makes it really easy for readers to read and understand what you're trying to get out to them. Also, you can create it to be more of on brand to what you are as a company by using your colors to break up things and really personalizing it to you. If your company is more of a fun company using bright colors, you can make your emails more fun. It really depends on the like who you are and what you're trying to do. But the most important thing, as you mentioned, is the 60-40 rule, making sure that you're not having too many photos to, to less 
information in your email, you want to make sure that your email is grabbing readers' attentions, that the things that you're wanting to get out there are really sticking out and you're highlighting those elements in your email. One thing that I think a lot of people don't realize is super important in the content and the body of emails is white space. Can oh, you yes. kind of explain what white space is? And so that way for anybody who, who doesn't understand what we're speaking about right now, exactly what white space means. Yes. Yeah, so white space, it's typically found around your CTAs, which are your call to actions, as you stated earlier. Um, it's used to improve the readability when an individual is scanning through so it breaks up every section. It helps different things stand out. You want to make sure that you're putting enough white space to really make sure your email flows to basically separate the different points in your email and make sure that everything is like eye catching. Because if you have a lot of white space around a certain CTA, it's going to draw their eyes to that CTA. Exactly. It's it, when I get um, emails and I see that where there's mm -hmm. not a lot and it's scrunched in together, it doesn't draw the eye. Your eye just goes right, right over it. But when you do have that and um, in different email platforms, depending on what you're using, it's all the same verbiage. It's padding that you can throw, throw around there. And if you just make sure. So I know on default, I always try to do like a 40 pixel mm -hmm. padding um, above and below just to make sure that, hey, I'm really getting that white space that I'm looking for. Yeah, awesome. it really it really helps like make sure that your email isn't too smushed together and that it's very legible to the individual reading it. Yeah. You know, another thing when we're talking about the body and the copy is, and I know we mentioned it earlier in the stats and you just mentioned it again about the um, images to the text mm -hmm. ratio. It's okay to not have images depending on what the email is. So I try to tell people as they're thinking about email marketing and they're, and they're trying to figure out what that messaging looks like. You really got to think about like where you're at in the communication with that person to understand whether putting a photo in the email is appropriate or not. So there's two types of emails that that I'll just cover real quick. So there's commercial emails and then there's transactional emails. If it's a transactional email, that means that you've had a communication going back and forth or a transaction going back and forth with this person. It would probably be a little odd to put some promotional type images in those type of emails. But if it's a commercial email where you're trying to promote something or you're trying to garner attention to something for the first time, then it would probably make more sense. So I try to tell everybody, like, think about what it is that you're saying in that email. And is it appropriate to put images around it? Or really, should it just be, hey, straight text, I'm talking to you. And it, and it seems more, I think, personalized sometimes to not have images. Um, so it's just something to think about. Um, if you have anything to add on that, that was just, I, I know that's something that I try to tell people of like, just, you know, be considerate if you're having real relationships and real conversations with people, even though to you it's marketing, to right. them it's it's actual conversations and interaction. Right. You awesome. have to think of who's opening the email, who are, the, like, who are they kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. It's it's almost like when you're, when you do um, email marketing or any type of marketing, sometimes you forget, you know, it's still human mm -hmm. interaction. You're still dealing with people. Um, it's not just, hey, let's get this done and let's get this out there. You, you really need to think about, you know, how that user is going to accept it, um, which goes back to making sure. And I think we're going to get into it, like the segmenting of the list or mm -hmm. making sure you know who you're sending it to. All right. Next up, we have anal uh, analytics. I was right. I was guessing at it. All right. Email <laughs> analytics. So why is email analytics so important? 
Uh, email analytics is very important at the end of your email when you send it out and you see how many deliverability rates, the click-through rates and different things like that. You want to make sure that you're going through all of that and you're tracking where individuals are clicking, where they're not clicking, what is working and what is not working for your email. It's going to allow you to know how well your email is doing overall. So, so it's a way for them to optimize for their next send of knowing right. what works and what doesn't. Right. So if you get an email, for example, if you're sending an email about anything and there's a click through button that's above the fold and there's one below the fold. Well, if you're what do you mean? What do you mean above the fold and below the fold? Right. So when you send an email out before you scroll at all, what you see on your screen would be above the fold. For an that's, like prime, that's like prime real estate. Right. So right when they open it, what they're seeing, that's above the fold. If anyone scrolls, that's below the fold. Okay. That makes sense. Yes. So if you're including in an email two call to actions and one is above the fold and one is below the fold, you can track those links and you can see who is clicking above the fold, who's clicking below the fold. That'll give you a better idea to know what placement is doing better on your emails and what what to use for your next email and what works best for you. Um, it really differs on what you're doing. If you're sending more of a click here now kind of thing, it'll let you know like if that's working, if that's not working. All right. So sticking with um, analytics and how important it is to make sure that you're measuring, if we're talking about open rates, what is like, is, I know it can range a lot, but what is it like a, an average or a good open rate that that agents and advisors should be shooting for? Yeah, it can really like range. So it's the average open rate is around 21 to 29%. It's a pretty low percentage, but I like to tell people if it is their first time sending an email and sending things out and they're seeing a low percentage, that's almost average to what you're going to see on an email that you're regularly sending. And then what about click-through rate? That's around two to 5% is the so average it, rate that you will see. Yeah. It really like sets expectations. So when people, mm -hmm. it's so funny. So, so, you know, if you send to a hundred people, the average is saying only 20 to 29 of them are actually going to even open the email. And then of that, if it's only 5% of them, you know, you're talking such small numbers, like two mm -hmm. people may be actually clicking through and, and taking that action. So one of the keys I think with, with email marketing is really making sure that you're building your list and making sure that you have the list to send through. Um, yeah. The other thing that, you know, kind of ties in the analytics is, you know, what actions people take and what they're doing. So that way, you know, who to send the next email to, for an example, like if you send to a hundred people and 20 people open it, you're not going to want to send that same email to the, you know, to the 20 people that opened it. Cause they already saw it. But you are going to want to resend that email to the 80 people or, or 70 people that didn't open it. And you may just change the subject line to entice them to open it. Um, and that's where that list segmentation and analytics and everything becomes so vital is making sure that, you know, you're you're communicating in the proper way and you're not overly communicating with somebody that already took an action. Um, I can tell you, like, if, if I'm on a site and I... I get an email after signing up for something and then I take the action of that email and then they resend that email again to me. I'm kind of insulted 
Because I'm like, you already sent it to me. I already did this. Why are you sending this? Like, it's almost like, I feel like they don't know me, even though they don't. I'm like, you don't even value me as a customer because you're just blasting me with all this stuff I already did. Right. Um, and you so, have to be very careful about that because that can increase your unsubscribe rates to your email. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Once they unsubscribe, they're gone. And then, gone. you know, you lose all that value and all that money that you spent for the lead generation. Yep. Speaking of that, we're going to jump into lists. So um, we've got cold versus opted in. Can you explain the differences between those two? So an opted in list is individuals that have accepted and they are wanting to receive your emails. Those are those people. They know about you. They're here for it. They know they're getting your emails. Whereas cold list are individuals that haven't really been sent to from you before. It's going to be their first time seeing them. You're going to see probably a lot more unsubscribes and a lot less activity to your account and what you're looking for on a cold list. Whereas if they have opted in, they know you, they know what you're doing kind of thing. Yeah. You see a lot of people and and it depends on who you talk to. Obviously, mm-hmm. if you, if you Google it or, or ask anybody in the email space, we're going to say, don't ever send to a cold list. You just right. don't do it. The fact is, is it happens all the time. People get lists, they partner with people, they get lists and they send it. And it, it is just, you know, you, you're trying to capture attention and email marketing is so effective still that people still utilize the cold list, but the opted in lists are the gold list. And that's where you see like those low intent, um, like lead generation campaigns, social media is great for it. Put out a value ad, get people to give you their email address. You give them, you know, the PDF or the stats. And now you're building your email list, which is gold later. The hardest part Mm -hmm. is just making sure people realize the value of email marketing with the nurturing and staying in touch with them. Um, And I think it all kind of goes back to, in the end, it's, it's all about providing value. I mean, that's, that's what it all, it, as long as all the content and all the emails that you're putting together, you truly believe is of value to the, to the person that you're sending to, you really, you know, you can't go wrong with that and you shouldn't see those big unsubscribes or anything along the lines. Actually shown to have like improved open rates, you get a higher click-through rate, you get better customer satisfaction, and it shows 50% higher click-through rates than a cold list if you're sending to them. Yeah, those numbers are huge. I mean, that's right. a huge stat difference between the cold and um, the other ones. Mm-hmm. All right, Kendall. So to end the um, the email marketing topic, if you had to give someone advice who is just starting out in email marketing, what would you tell them is just vital or key or, or things to look for? Any advice that you can give somebody new that that's kind of intimidated or not really sure what to say? I would say don't get discouraged from your first send. You can learn a lot from a first send. You can learn where they're clicking, what they're interested in, and that can better you for your next send. So don't get discouraged on that. Make sure the information that you're including in your email is valuable to your customer and who you're trying to reach. Make sure that you have plenty of white space around your CTAs to draw attention and just don't get discouraged. An email might not go well your first time, but the second time it could work better if you look at really the analytics of your first email. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today. I greatly appreciate it. And I appreciate all the value that you've added and all the stats that you provided. Um, and then we're going to be putting those stats up on your digitallab.com. Thank you so much. Um, Everybody, this was episode three. Thank you so much for joining us today. And be sure to check out yourdigitallab.com. Subscribe to our channels. Uh, YouTube page is going to be up soon. Super excited for that one. And thanks again, everyone. See you next week.
Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Follow-Through Factor with Joe Barker. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channel to keep up to date on digital marketing best practices. And remember, the fortune is in the follow-through.